Welcome to the Great Gundam Project. I'm Em. I am Jackson. And this is episode five. Episode five. Ooh. Episode Jackson, five. I've been sick, so I have not watched anime. Tell me oh, about no. anime. <laughs> I've watched some anime. Yeah. It has been known. I watched the movie uh, of the basketball anime, Kureko. Kureko's Basketball, I think is the English title. Uh, what is the er- Japanese begin- title? Well, it's Kuroko Nabasuke, but specifically, every single episode begins with the phrase, the basketball which Kuroko plays, is how they decide to romanize it. But, okay. Which is very funny, but it's not actually a good title for anything. Um, anyway, the movie came out, which is a sequel movie, and it's extremely OVA, and it's very bad. It's really bad. I don't like it. What's bad about it? Um, it's just a 90-minute game of basketball. Isn't that wouldn't that be what you wanted? No, because you want the everyone hanging out and training to be. You need it skips the training section. It goes from the all oh, the big villain has introdu- been introduced and everyone needs to team up, and then four minutes later the game between the villain and the heroes is on, and they fight the game. There's no everyone hanging out and training to fight the bad. There's where is my slice of life goodness? And uh, that's fair. Do they beat the bad guy? I don't mean to. Sp- okay, I don't mean to spoil, but yes, they beat the bad guy. Uh, is the bad guy actually evil? Isn't it just an American team? Why are they the bad guy? Uh, well, as ever, basketball re- represents freedom. Uh, and uh, basketball has never represented freedom uh, in this show. And basketball uh, <laughs> exists in Japan only because of like colonial intervention in post World War II. Like, come on. Well, the concept of this show is like all the bad guys look down on all the people who are trying to enjoy basketball and are like, you know, shown an anime style. You don't have the strength, therefore you are insulting to us. And as the good guys win, they bring them into their way of thinking about the power of friendship. It's just, I assume that is literally every shown an anime ever written. Yeah, I feel like it falls apart specifically because it's basketball. Hey, look, I like it. The show is very good. I like the relationships, the, the boys hanging out. It's a good fun time. Like, it's totally anime tropey nonsense, but it's good. Uh, the, the the movie is just too much like, oh, we've got a lot of animation to show the boys doing the basketball moves. And that's not why anyone's ever been there. Because uh, it's not like the art style is good. And when you make it more expensive, it doesn't get better. Um, and the uh, villains are like Americans who have... have <laughs> come down to say that all of japan when it comes to basketball are monkeys and so the generation of miracles have to fight the american team in order to prove that the spirit of japanese basketball is actually valid and it's incredibly problematic because they have like the american team obviously have a lot of very large black players who are superior because of their foreign dna and it's like ah anime has arrived in, in a way that the show mostly avoided because it was about just high school students. There was one time that uh, someone had a foreign exchange student come in and all this stuff arrived fully formed. And then here it is in the movie. All the worst shit. Yeah, no, it was bad. Great. That's enough talking about the movie. Now, is, is that it? Are you out of Kuroko's basketball? Yeah, no, there was just one dumb sequel movie. That show's been over for a while or I don't know how new it is. Yes, that show had three seasons and it was done. The show is good though, right? You say? I en- Yes, it is as good as any of like it's not something i would recommend to someone who doesn't uh already have a tolerance to just anime bullshit but it's good it's an enjoyable show let's uh hit our first musical stinger and get into the gundam yeah
first episode is episode nine of Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, I have this as Fly Gundam. It is Fly Gundam. Wait, hang on. It might be Fly, comma, Gundam. So Mine is Fly, exclamation point, Gundam. Let me check. Yes, no, here is Fly Gundam, and you have Fly Gundam. Yep. Uh, all right. Tensions are high on the white base as the people suffer under strict rations and the threat of Xeon hangs over everyone. Amro isn't sleeping and eating, leaving everyone shaken that they're so reliant upon this deteriorating boy. The bridge crew finally received word from Federation HQ that what, what they're, on what their order is supposed to be. Going forward, they're supposed to get out of Xeon territory, alone, which they've been doing. Lieutenant Reed, the asshole with the bad arm that's been sitting in that chair for a couple episodes, orders a patrol in response to these orders, but Amro refuses to go out. Kai and Ryu go out instead, but the two core fighters on patrol don't go unnoticed by Garma and Char, who take this sudden new adherence to regulations as a sign that something's wrong with the white base. Garma hops in his fighter and begins an attack. Bright gets in an argument with Amaro and tries to slap him into action, but actually just the mention that he could be as good as Char and Bright's very disappointed in him motivates Amaro to get dressed and get back in the Gundam. Amaro already has a new plan for fighting the fighters in in air by using the rocket jets on the Gundam to leap high in the air and pick up pick off ships up close. This plan works wonders. Amaro takes that entire squadron. Garma limps home with one wing. He intends to lead Amro into a chap of just get Amro's going to chase us and suddenly you're going to be shot by our giant warship. But Char actually was meddling and unplugged the radio and that trap wasn't even set. But Amro would have been saved because he is interrupted by a Federation support officer, Ensign Matilda, who is here with supplies and to take all the wounded uh, soldiers and refugees off of the white base, including our Lieutenant Reed, who got a name only to leave this episode. Uh, everyone's refilled. Amro falls in love with Ensign Matilda. The world turns on the end. Yes, it is. So this is an episode where there are two episodes, obviously, every week. And this isn't the, the B episode because the next one's very big. Um, watching it, it wasn't like it felt like a disposable episode, but it's definitely ridiculous in a lot of ways. The thing we have left out of the summary, which is everything that happens, is the <laughs> the episode like has... Um, just uh, dedicates a lot of time to um, Amaro, like deciding whether he wants to be a man or not. It's very weird. It doesn't like actually feel congruent with the rest of the show, but it's trying to do something there, and it's I don't know. It feels out. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's like um, being a man or not. He has to be a fighter, or because there's a is it in this one where he's like, but well, I'm just a refugee. We're like. Uh, when they're going into battle, uh, Bright reminds everybody, hey, watch out for the refugee. Like, be careful that there's refugees here. And Amaro petulantly is like, I'm a refugee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, but like, they tie that into his masculinity. Like, that is a very deliberate parallel that they make. Because when he's like, decides to go in the Gundam, he goes to Frau and goes, no, you are but woman. I must sacrifice myself as man. Well, he's getting dressed and she's like, where's the, where's the manual? You read the manual and learned how to pilot the Gundam. I could read the manual and learn how to pilot the Gundam. And he's like, no, no, no. I Don't worry yourself. I'll do it. Uh, I like Frau Bo's willingness to just fucking pilot the Gundam while learning on the job. Frau Bo is the secret hero of Gundam. Yep. Uh... The food situation seems really dire. Like, there's there's a scene when they're in the cafeteria where, like, an old man's just stealing food off of a kid's plate. Yep. Uh, and Amro and I think it's Ryu. One of the one of the other pilots are the only who are getting full rations because they're the pilots and have to be, at a moment's notice, get in the ship and fight. 
Um, and Amro does not take kindly to this idea. Uh, no, he does not. No. He just kind of... So he spends the whole episode kind of in his room, like, or the first half of the episode going, I won't fight. You can't make me. This whole thing's bullshit. Uh, because it's unfair to place all of this on him, and they're, like, treating him... Like, he recognizes that he is the thing that is helping everyone, but then he's treated like a soldier that doesn't actually have a say and has a very petulant fit about this. Uh, but as soon as Bright goes, you know, it looks like you'll never beat Char after all. <laughs> he snaps pretty quickly out of it because he has to beat Char. Yep. Uh, also, um... No, not also. What was I going to say? Blah, blah, blah. Um... Haha, you don't edit these owned. <laughs> no, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit it. You don't know. You don't know. I don't know. That's true. Maybe yeah. you'll edit it for making me get owned. <laughs> I feel like this is the this is the second episode where Bright's solution is to slap his <laughs> other officers to try to get yeah. them to do their job. I like Bright, but the show has not been kind in his betrayal recently. Yeah, no. His solution is to slap somebody. He's like, I don't have any kind of thing to do. I don't know what nuance is, so I'm just going to apply more force to the world to make it behave correctly. And it never actually works. <laughs> yep. Uh, the situation uh, seems... So, there seems like there's just a lack of communication in general through everyone. Uh, Lieutenant Reed, early on in the episode, is like, we're out here because we're a decoy. The White Base is clearly just here to get Zeon's attention, while the Earth Federation has developing new, other, better super weapons that aren't piloted by a bunch of kids. I don't want to, like, spoil the future episodes, but I feel like that's probably not true. <laughs> uh... All the people who would have been working on the super weapons were on side seven. Yeah. Like, we don't know where Amro's dad is. We could assume he's dead, but who knows? I don't have faith in any of the higher-ups of any of the organizations in this show to, to think them possible of doing, like, this kind of multi-level false flag chess game bullshit. Yep. Much like in real war. No. I... <laughs> um, I do think it's interesting. Like Matilda comes with the resupply and is like, this is under the general's orders, but only the general. The Earth Federation didn't s decide to send us out here. We came out here because the general thought it was a good idea to resupply you. Uh, and so you get the sense that like the, the white base is totally just kind of on its own, more or less. Like this was just a mercy mission from the general. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because she so she takes the refugees. It wasn't quite clear to me because I was like, she takes she takes everyone who's injured, which okay. includes it includes Reed and includes probably some other officers. I think it includes some of the refugees, but definitely not all of them. Uh, and the reason she couldn't take everyone else is because that's they wouldn't like fit the Gundam, right? Because she flies basically back to, to Federation territory. Yeah, she just has like a single troop carrier. Okay, no, all right. I understand now because I didn't understand why meeting up with her didn't fix all the problems. But I guess it's just the white base is too big to take everything yeah. out of the out of Zeon. Yeah, the white base is a big. Also, the white base is like a better ship to be in flying out of Zeon than that troop carrier probably is. Uh, no, because they're not chasing the troop carrier. That's true, but the white base is like a giant armored. Like you get the sense that base is like a giant floating city compared to everything else. Mm -hmm. Because everyone else is just in like what look like helicopters or like fighter jets and this thing has quarters and a cafeteria and giant hangars where the gundams are stored and it's a big ship uh, it's it's a very cool ship i like the white base so much yep 
Uh, there's a lot of scenes of it hovering over the wreckage of like cities on Earth in these two episodes. And it's very yes, good. Yes, it's very good. Uh, Amro meets the, the first adult woman this show has had uh, and immediately is in love with her because well, Amro is a doofus. Amro like, sees this woman who literally just says, hey, uh, I'm here on the general, blah, blah, blah. Got some military stuff. All right. She, bye, everyone. She, she, she came in. She is no nonsense. She's nice. And she has red hair. So he is smitten. Yeah, but then the narration is like, and this was the first time that Amaro had felt the scent of a woman, and I'm like dying laughing because it basically into the narration. There, like, there is narration in the show. It does come in outside of the intro occasionally, but it's not in every episode, and it wasn't in this episode before this. So it's just suddenly an omniscient voice just speaks up to let you know that Amaro got a boner. Yep. Yeah. Wonder if that'll ever come back around. Who knows? Who, Who can knows? Say? I mean, I'm assuming because you're doing that, it actually will. But I could totally have seen this being ignored. <laughs> I actually don't remember the answer to oh, this. Oh, great, great. I'm pretty sure Matilda's in more episodes, but I don't think she's ever a major character or anything. Uh, well, knowing how long these shows go on, at some point, Amro is going to have to grow up into an actually old man, providing he survives. Yeah. So, <laughs> God, who knows? Who knows what, like, 35-year-old Amro looks like? He's just, he's just got gray hair and he's talking about this one time. And some Matilda came on the white bass. <laughs> oh, you had to be there. <laughs> you have to understand. You, I'd done really nothing did. but being a robot for four weeks. <laughs> nope. This is the episode that has like sweaty, like tank top Amro in bed, right? Where he's just yes. lounging. <laughs> well, he's, he is the most like petulant, but also ridiculous seventies looking tank top. Ugh, I am in my bed. <sighs> I cannot gay sleep. icon Amro showed up in this. Episode. <laughs> yes, gay icon Amro did show up. Um, I think Kai gets a couple moments in this episode. I really like Kai. Yep. I know uh, I talked Ka- about it last time, but Kai's I'm glad. always great. Yes. It's not, like Kai will get episodes, so we'll talk about Kai when Kai okay. is relevant. I didn't have yes. anything written down for Kai here. Uh, he just had some moments with like, "Hey, why's Amro going to be a shit? Why can't I be a shit? You'll hate me when I'm being a shit." And everyone goes, yep. "Stop being a shit, Kai." <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, he's never wrong. That's why he sucks. That's why I love him. But Amro does like go out, has like a radical game plan on how to fight a bunch of fighter pilots and takes out like the entire battalion of them by like, there's that bit where like, I think it's Kai or whatever is like, oh, I got one. I did it. <laughs> and then Amro comes out and kills eight of them instantly. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Gundam does not fuck about. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. Uh, the way they are like able to use the jump jets in order to uh, m- make the Xeon fighters think that the Gundam can fly because it jumps, but it kills them before it hits the ground. So no one actually like sees the Gundam doing like the jumping stuff, except uh, Char, who knows exactly what's going on always back yep. on the ship and never tells anyone because he's Char. Yep. Also, I f- we forgot to mention, I, I, I mentioned it in the thing, but Char just pulls out the radio thing. He's like, yeah. oh, we don't need to hear from Garma. Garma said he didn't want my help. He just wanted me to observe. So I'm going to observe. And he's like, oh, I did it to protect your pride. I didn't help you because I trusted you that you would be okay. And Garma's like, this sounds legitimate. My good friend Char. <laughs> <laughs> my very good friend Char, who is in no way trying to get me killed. N- never. Never what has could, that What happened? could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Anyway, the next episode is called Garma's Fate. <laughs> oh, you mean Garma Falls. No, I mean Garma's Fate. Garma Falls. 
Oh, well, spoilers. <laughs> I guess we know what Garma's happening. fate is. Uh, yes, this next episode is called Rip Garma. Uh, in it, Garma and... Ah, in it, fuck. No editing. Owned. No editing. Owned. <laughs> We're all owned. Yes. Uh, in it, Gama and Char hang out at a fancy party for fancy boys, and we are introduced to Gama's forbidden love, Iselina. Uh, they are kind of trapped on opposite sides of the wall. I don't remember exactly what the, the dad does. He's not uh, like a Federation dad, but he's not like no, super on the side he, of Zeon. He, he's, he's, he opposes Zeon, but he stayed there and is working with Zeon to make sure that his like town is looked after, because he's like yeah. the mayor or something. He's like a leader who works with Zeon but doesn't give them formal support. Cause it, yes. uh, but anyway, his daughter, Iselina, um, would not be allowed to marry Gama uh, because of the like political ramifications of that. But Gama promises that when he has captured the White Base and the Gundam, uh, that victory will like pay for any political cost incurred by the marriage. Uh, and then away, and then as if on cue, the message comes in. The White Base has reached the front lines and Zeon's final line of defense. Gama calls for Char and to ready the troops. Uh, the final battle takes place on the ruined streets of New York, with the White Base setting down inside a domed baseball stadium to hide inside of, uh, to protect themselves from Gaia, Gama's masses of forces. I can't do. You're better at this. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I was tired of writing them. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, the stadium holds, uh, and Gama's carpet bombs cannot flush them out, so Char volunteers to search for the white base with his troops landing in Zaki's. Uh, Amaro gets in the Gundam and attempts to lead the Xeon troops into the line of fire of the hidden base, uh, but because he's extremely cool, Char immediately figures out his plan, uh, but because he wants to kill Gama, he immediately pretends that the plan does not exist, uh, and sends Gama directly into the line of fire. <laughs> uh, immediately, all the Xeon troops are wiped out, and in the in the final moments of the battle, Char gloats to Gama as he realizes right before he perishes that his friend has been playing him for a fool this whole time. And he throws off his radio and like dies, ramming his ship into the white base as a proud soldier of Zeon. Or a proud son of Zeon, too. Fancy boy Gama, R.I.P. Meanwhile, back at the mansion, uh, Iselina gets word of Gama's death and has a big cry about it. The word also reaches uh, the leader of Zeon, who is Gama's father. Uh, death is tragic and war remains hell. Gundam. Uh, he drops his cane. He drops to, his cane. To show his grief. <laughs> uh, who among us has not dropped our cane to show our grief? This episode's a lot, but I want to point out that the only woman that Garma could ever be with is the high femme version of Char. It's true. <laughs> she is she like there are three blonde characters on this show, and one of them is named Icelina. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love Super Mario Galaxy. Oh, uh, it's a lot. Uh yeah. She does look a lot like Char. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, it, 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 but also she, like, apparently on Earth, it's just, like, the, the collaborators of Xeon are just, like, having, like, Southern Bell balls and stuff. It's the most decadent thing compared to, like, last episode, an old man was stealing food from a child, and these people <laughs> are, like, having a fancy dress party. Yeah, Xeon is clearly, like, portrayed as a more royal uh, and... Um, like aristocratic society i have not seen like much into the life of zeon but that's definitely the vibe they're going for mm -hmm. uh i f which i'm interested in because i would have assumed it to go the other way and you would have had the earth federation be that and the like people that break away to be the other thing but i don't know i who knows i will find out more as the series goes on i assume this stuff is explored we'll see we'll see
I mean, the white base might also just be a special case because they have been desperate ever since they left Side 7. No, because whenever they come into contact with anyone else, they're just the most oh, bumbling true. idiots. Like, it's like bureaucratic. It's not uh, the weird, like, royalty. Like, no one's wearing the ridiculous uh, World War One clothes that Char is. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, when Garma goes out to fight, Garma also wears a fancy lad helmet. I, he I think that was last episode, but we did not yes. mention it. <laughs> Uh, wearing his helmet as he's like, help me, and there's no one on the radio. <laughs> uh, when we cut to the white base, the white base is like in submarine mode, like dark lights on the bridge, and it looks cool as hell. I really like it. Because there's so many cool effects of uh, big white flashes, but the flashes are just raising the color levels to normal. And so mm-hmm. it just goes between like the the darkened blue lighting and the regular uh lighting is like bombs are dropping uh and the way like pan shots across the bridge is very cool yep Uh, this is the kind of stuff i am here for i'm here for like space tactics i guess earth tactics but uh some uh, i think i'm fairly sure gami uh char even says like ah you've read the art of war (laughs) which is an amazingly dumb line in 2017 uh also now that we have bright back in command he gets to sit in that giant chair and still jump out of it which i feel yes. like is dangerous you should not be leaping out of a chair that high up yeah no i'm into it yeah don't know if you know this but we are fans of like bridge bridges yeah uh, the, the, the like the ascending a staircase like mobility chair that is just attached to the control deck that is the bridge the command captain's chair is maybe one of the weirder touches of gundam but i do love it it's very cool uh the yes that the aesthetic of the whole bridge is great like the two people randomly hovering at the top how do they get down no one knows yep they use that captain's chair i don't <laughs> <laughs> i know they never leave. That's the answer. <laughs> They've been in that chair. It's how they survived. Yep. So I'm not a New York expert. I'm pretty sure there's no domed baseball stadium in New York City. I mean, it's been a while. No. Yep. 70 years have passed. Yeah, but in those 70 years, I don't think they would have done that. It is. The 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 shot of the white base going into the like ruins of that dome is so cool. Uh, yeah, no, it's everything about the aesthetic of this episode is very cool because not only do we have like the white base hiding in a um baseball stadium we have as the gundam goes out and all the zaku are like uh patrolling the city they're like using skyscrapers as bits of rubble to hide behind yeah in the same way that he used a mountain to hide behind a couple episodes ago yeah this episode has the like suddenly it's just zaku's patrolling the ruined streets as they're hunting down the white base and it's everything about the aesthetic of like mobile suits fighting like is here and dramatic and cool yeah and and char gets a line as they're walking through the streets like oh i don't feel weird about i i I don't feel okay with using my own men as uh like clearly sacrificing them in order to have a greater plan but it must be so even though he is sacrificing like a million dudes on the on the ships above (laughs) they're not they're it's different these are his men yeah they don't get names like regularly when charles men die there's not enough time in this episode for that no and then yeah the the garma's being led to that trap where his 
ship is caught unawares and the white base and the gun cannon and the gun tank and the Gundam are all like behind him instead of in front of him and they all open fire at once is so amazing. That scene, because it cuts to like basically a giant painting of all of those ships as the effects go off on top of them and yeah. it looks so good. Uh, I Yeah, I also called out that shot in my like watching of like, it is very clearly a still shot. They are not animating the the um the ships being hit with the explosion instead they're just running the filter of the like blasts over the top of the screen yeah like on a different cell and it just it looks like no like nothing would ever be animated that way even like 20 years later not even today yeah um and it's beautiful it is yeah. beautiful because it like it turns this this is not just a battle this is like an iconic moment of the war because it is depicted in already in legend in the moment it happens basically yes. like as this yeah. beautiful tableau uh it is that is a very good way to describe it <laughs> yes uh and then garma is like well clearly the only answer is to dive bomb the white base and kill myself <laughs> oh prepare for ramming speed yeah which is to be fair more backbone than i would have expected garma to have in this moment uh I guess I would have rounded it. I think Garma I sucks. Garma. I think Garma sucks. <laughs> yeah, but only because he gets like owned repeatedly. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Char's right. He's not his fault. It's just he happens to be this like hapless son of a like bigger picture royal family. Because so, in Char's monologue, oh, you, you do it. Yeah, Char's monologue is he he salutes one. <laughs> like it opens <laughs> with him speaking into the radio, but saluting and being like, "Sorry, Garma, it's not you. It's your father. It's the the cursed zombie name. All must be destroyed." Bye. <laughs> Basically, he like <laughs> he like he bids him farewell and literally laughs and then cuts the radio. Like Char is like, "Oh, sorry, sucks to be you. Get fucked." L- lol, and then shuts <laughs> off the radio. <laughs> totally does he totally uh like fucking goes full uh i was gonna do some other dumb references but i won't i won't i won't reference death note here but he's doing that he's doing the that also because char just is like wearing the char outfit and you never see his eyes and there's just his like shit eating grin he just looks like he's delighting so much in doing this like he's just this most schemy asshole in the entire world because <laughs> like he doesn't emote because his eyes are being covered well yeah no that's what makes it better than the like equivalent stuff that i've seen a bunch of times whenever fucking death note guy kills a guy that he thought was a friend uh is that because of his design like it works way better than just a dude going <laughs> Yeah, it it just it just is like the most smug meme face of just <laughs> smiling char. Yeah, there is a there is especially with just the years of how these kind of images have replicated, it is totally the thing you would put in the I in the like uh IRC to own someone else. Yep. <laughs> it is a very good screen cap. So Rip yeah, Garma. Gar- Rip Garma, he goes and he doesn't actually accomplish anything with his suicide dive, right? No, because like, he gets blown up before he hits. <laughs> yep. Because the white base is actually the coolest base. You can't just ram the white base. Uh, they definitely um, hit the expected Gundam tone of the victory does not feel good. Uh, but also, it's not like you feel super. You, like you're glad that the white base has escaped. It's just war is hell. War is hell. War remains yeah. bad. Gundam. War, war is war is hell, as they say. Yes. And the 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 leader, I don't remember what his term is, of the Zeon drops his scepter. He drops his cane. 
cutting to the fighting game boss leader of the Xeon forces because that's what that dude looks like. He looks yes. like a. <laughs> I was like, like oh, off-brand M Bison <laughs> dictator himself drops Z his Bison. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a what a ridiculous show. I'm enjoying myself a whole lot. This pace has been good. The two episodes a week has worked out very well, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I'm like, ideally, if we if we had more time, it'd be nice to get through them faster. But I think it would hurt the shows. Mm-hmm. Remember when you want to do one at a time? And I was like, no, this is never going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's too slow. It's too slow. Like, I think we could do three, but that's too much. Like, no, no, no. It, it I, also yeah, I, think, I think the shows would suffer. It's fine. Yeah, I think it is balanced out very well, especially on this stage when most of the shows are very, very episodic. We are basically almost a quarter of the way through Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah, I'm so as we go through this part of the show, I am like making bets as to which point the first compilation movie ends. Oh yeah, you know th- you're right. We're probably near. I bet it. I don't. I haven't seen them, so I'm gonna guess it's with Garma's death. Right? It's gotta be. It might be with next episode because the the thing that happens immediately after the episode ends is it cuts to the preview thing on. I pause yes. it because the preview and it's just Isolina being like, "War is bad." <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the actual subtitle, but it's uh, as War has claimed uh, her future husband's life. She has decided she does not care about the war and it must end. So let's see where that plot line goes next week. I'm sure no further tragedy awaits anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this because it's amazing. And yeah, no, sure. I'm sure it goes well for everybody involved. <laughs> uh, take your bet. Does she die? Does her dad die? <laughs> does everybody die? <laughs> does everybody die? No way to know. But we'll Half- find out. Of the Next population. Time. Half the population. <laughs> it's been a bad time for everyone. Oh, it sucks. This was an episode. Yep. We did it. Which half are you in half of the population died? Are you dead or am I dead? Oh, rip me. Okay. <laughs> I'm war as hell. You're just in hell. I'm just in <laughs> Oh, this has been a rowdy podcast. Yep, that's it for Gundam. Please uh, go watch some more and come back next week for more Gundam. Oh, also, it's good. Like, if you listen to this and you want to listen to us talk about another television show that's going to be airing weekly, um, yesterday probably or today, we'll see how it goes. Our first Star Trek Discovery episode recap went up, and check that out. You know, Star Trek Podcast Space. Uh, we'll be doing those for every episode of Discovery. You don't even have to watch Discovery though. You probably should. It's probably going to be good. Let's hope. Cross our fingers. It hasn't come out yet. Um, yeah discovery if you want more sci-fi we got it for you oh we're gonna be recording a lot of podcasts this month but that's just because we like star trek that much (laughs) yeah they'll they'll be shorter ish we'd be talking we'd be spending that time yelling about star trek anyway we may as well put it in microphones yep all right goodbye bye okay done うちの彼方に輝く星は
아무로 振り向かないで宇宙の果てに煌めく星は雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨の雨